0: Hello and welcome to The Raw Podcast. I'm joined again by uh, Dave Lawrence and Michael Bowers. How are you both doing, lads?
1: Yeah, very well, mate. Yourself? I probably look like a zombie, you know, because I've just not long woken up, actually, because that shows how lazy I am, but I'm all right.
0: Well, me either, to be fair. Me either. And I'm I'm very well, Dave. Thank you very much. Um, we haven't actually recorded a, a podcast since the Portsmouth defeat. There's a lot happened in the, in the southern world since then, but we'll just touch on that very briefly. I mean... Michael, a 4-0 defeat, conditions were appalling. Sunderland have had a, a long time in between league games now with Papa John's trophy games in between. What did you make of the Portsmouth game? Is it just a one-off, do you think, you know, extenuating circumstances with the, with the conditions?
1: I do feel that we... Um, well, first of all, you, you give, give Portsmouth the full credit because even even throughout those conditions, which were dreadful, they showed the extra desire to run the extra miles and try and get to the ball, even though it was sticking to the ground. Um because of how waterlogged the pitch is, that's not an excuse for Sunderland. We should have still performed a lot better. And I think our heads went down, particularly after the second goal. I felt we, because after 1 0, I felt we had a couple of good chances to get back in the game. But once it was 2 0, the game was done, really. Um, but in saying that, just because um, obviously we were getting beat comfortably, this isn't me saying sour grapes, that game should have been abandoned, be, or it shouldn't, or arguably shouldn't even have be been played in the first place. Um, if you look at the way the pitch was, particularly the second half, the water was splashing all over the place. Whenever every time someone tried to pass a ball, even five yards, it would just stick one yard away from when they've initially kicked that made contact with the ball. It was dreadful. And and I think the referee is quite lucky that someone didn't get a serious injury um from that because the score line shouldn't be more important than player safety. Um, you know, and I mean, I think I heard Wrexham were like 2 0 up in one of their games uh, recently that same day, and it got called off. That's only one less goal than Pompey did it at half scored at half time. So you know, I, don't, but anyway, I won't ramble too much about that because it's been done for like over a week now. Yeah, hopefully it's a one-off. I mean, I think it's a one-off in the centre. We're not going to play in conditions like that most games. Um, so hopefully we're not playing like we're not playing in a water park, water park, or water polo away at Gillingham this weekend. Put it that way.
0: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Dave Sutherland just really failed to adapt to the conditions and the Portsmouth to the credit as Michael mentions did, um, and it was just. Uh, a very weird situation, a very Sunderland situation, wasn't it? And I think I tweeted after the game that, you know, we'd forgotten about Sunderland doing Sunderland things for a long time. Like, Sunderland hadn't done a Sunderland in a while and you started to forget about Sunderland letting you down and then it just all comes good again, doesn't it? In spectacular fashion, don't we? Oh, God, absolutely. Just when you think that it's, you know, the, the corner's turned. That's
1: it. I mean, let's be
2: honest we see it don't we every time we do do a podcast it's like kind of we're not going to win every game you know it's going to happen time, yeah. and time it happens to the best teams in the world and we're nowhere near the best team in the world so well we are but we're not at the same time <laughs> um so yeah it's it, it it's just it's just right and off and i'd i'd said something made michael had a conversation to be fair we um it's just all about how you come back from these things as long as you don't go on and and get beat six games in a row and you turn the corner you put a good performance in that's fine isn't it and it's no excuse but because the average age of our side isn't particularly great there probably isn't sorry isn't particularly high there isn't many of them in there that'll have had experience of playing in them conditions possibly Corey Evans do you know what I mean and he's one man he's not 11 so Ross Stewart might have I mean he's from he's played up north so oh,
1: that probably happens great. every week Fair <laughs> mind
2: <laughs> but um, yeah it's one off it's our style of I, I think maybe what it might have done is it might have it might have made Lee Johnson go right I've got my style of player I've got my backup style of player I maybe need to have plan three four five um, just in case something like that ever happens again um I don't think he'll deviate too much away from the way he plays ever, which is which is nice because we're playing nice football. But yeah, them, them conditions were not conducive. We're playing nice football whatsoever. And we just didn't adapt to it very well. It really annoys me to give give the bloke credit, but games like that on the, the other week. Bet you someone like Phil Parkinson probably would have had a field day.
1: I was about him about that. A lot of people have said that under Phil Parkinson might have won that game. So when we have a game like that in those conditions, get Parky in for one game and uh, more I'd just because that would just be I'd, always worth. it. I'd rather lose spectacularly to be fair than have that
2: nugget <laughs> <a good> back. <laughs> he
0: really doesn't like Parky. Bless him. On a um, on a on a wider point, are we? Slightly concerned, maybe that the game sudden haven't done too well in off the top of my head this season. So that Fleet would come back. Um, the Burton loss, although they did play decent football on that, and then the Portsmouth game, you know, smaller pitches, problems with the pitches. Maybe Southern aren't allowed to, to play the style they want on those types of pitches coming in, uh, you know coming November, December, where the games pick up and the pitches deteriorate. Some of these League One pitches as well. You know, the grounds are quite tight, are quite small. Are, are we worried about that in terms of Johnson's style of player, Michael? You could
1: say that. But I think, I mean, if you look at each game individually, I think, I mean, I think it's way, ultimately, I, I think you've alluded to it there, away from home is where the problem is. Um, if you look at, I mean, and to be fair, we've played, what was it, four games away from home I think MK Dons was a very good victory, considering I don't think anyone's won there since. Uh, but, obviously, I think nine times out of ten, you'd win that game. Uh, Fleetwood, obviously, was a mad 15 minutes. I don't know what happened um, uh, towards the end of that game. And, obviously, Portsmouth. But, I mean, it's, again, we, I mean, it depends if we're not allowed to express ourselves. I mean, if we look at it, Gillingham are probably going to be... It's going to be a very tight, ugly affair. And without swearing, you know, it's like they're going to be really... How can I put this? Unpleasant to play against. They're going to they're make gonna yeah they're gonna make it a real real battle and um, they always do whenever they play us they always do so I think that we're not gonna be able to express ourselves fully but I mean to touch on the away form I would view these next two games which is Gillingham and Crew obviously I know we've got the Papa John's game um before then but those two away games are a good chance to pick up our away form. Um but I mean I mean ultimately if we want to get promoted in the top two that that has to improve we can't just rely on our home form to get to get us over the line. And I do think we will get away wins, but, you know, I mean, I suppose like Dave might allude to, maybe we'll just get 23 um, home league wins and then we can just uh, cruise to eight or nine wins away from home and we'll walk the league, it's all right. Well,
0: well it would be quite nice, wouldn't it? To, well, uh, the home form is is quite good, especially after having so long in recent memory without winning at home. It was almost a calendar year, wasn't it, when we're Premier League Championship? It Or oh, uh, something
1: like that. And half of, that, half of those teams were championship sides as well, who I didn't think were very good. Exactly. Which makes it, was, it,
0: um, it was tough times. There was a Papa John's trophy game against Lincoln away. Um, much changed, Sutherland side, 1-2-1. One, one. We also face Manchester United under-21s in the same competition tomorrow. We're recording this on Tuesday. Just generally, Dave, how are, you, how, are you, how are you seeing the Papa John's trophy this year? I know we're defending it, but we won at Wembley without fans last year. Are you, are you liking how Lee Johnson's using it at the moment, given... You know, players who, who need a few few minutes, like Denver Hume. He's also using it to blood some youngsters. Oliver Young has played recently. And um, judging by the under-23s game the other day, there was a lot of them missed out against Leeds. So they look like they're going to play against uh, Manchester United. What what do you make of the Papa John's trophy so far this season?
2: Yeah, I mean, obviously, like you say, much-changed team. But it was still... Johnson still had to get a reaction, I think, from the Saturday to a lot lesser extent than if it was a league game. But he got a reaction, to be fair, and uh, I didn't I didn't watch the game. But from what I read, yeah, we, we played well. And Lincoln, for as much as they, they had a few changes, he did put out a strong team. We always know Appleton gets a good team out. He always gets them well drilled, always play half-decent football. So I think to win that game, and quite comfortably, really, they scored in the last couple of minutes, I think, to, to make it 2-1. I don't think we're ever in trouble. Yeah, quite nice. Um, it's the way forward, isn't it? That, you know, it's kind of, we have got a decent squad. We have got two people for every position as a general rule. You know, yeah, they need to run out. It gives the kids some better quality opposition. Although I know you uh, I know you tweeted about the Leeds, Leeds game the other day. Um, and by all accounts, they had a few decent players in as well so yeah it, it's good it'll be nice and let's be honest it's the same with everything it's the same as how the big boys treat like the league cup and stuff isn't it they'll they'll have no doubt if they get to a semi-final i'd imagine you'll probably find another three player another three first team players in there uh just to try and get us over the line because uh, i don't think anyone anyone would complain there a trip to wembley Wembley, on if it was uh if it was up for grabs in the sight of the place. Ah, uh, well, yeah, but still, if if the fans are allowed there, we might as well let some frustrations out and have a bit of a laugh in Trafalgar Square or something like me.
0: I'm not sure my um, <laughs> my body bank balance or voice box can take another weekend in London <laughs> for, for a Sutherland game, to be honest. Uh, Michael, Daniel captain the side against Lincoln scored an absolutely tremendous goal. I've said it before on this podcast, but for me, his emergence as a Sutherland first-team player this season is, is probably... My favourite story of the season, Sunderland-wise, probably in terms of, you know, giving me Sunderland roots, the whole of football at the moment, I just, I think it's marvellous.
1: He's he's doing really well, isn't he? And he's showing the, the maturity. I mean, how, how old is he? Is he 18 years old or something? He's just straight,
0: 19, I think.
1: He's 19, oh, there you go. So he's not, even, uh, he's not even reached 20 yet, and he's already showing the maturity there. I mean, obviously, there are going to be dips that he has, but I think just, I mean, the goal he scored at Lincoln, great. Um, and I think, was he given, am I right in thinking he was given the captain's armband? Yeah, they linking
0: up, captain. Decide, yeah, yeah.
1: So that that will mean a lot to him personally. Um, and obviously in the games that have watched of him, he's been really, really good. I think technically very good. Um, links play up well, gets forwards, got the tenacity going forward. Um, obviously score screamers, so you know that helps from time to time. <laughs> and one of the things I will that I do think is that especially if he can, t- if we can, the longer we continue in the Papa Johns, the more opportunities he'll get as captain, and it's good experience for him to to get. So he could be a future leader there, for all we know um it'll be good experience for him to sort of assume the responsibility of all the other people playing and also it'll be good for the team as a whole the longer we go on in this competition if this this if if we're going to stick with this sort of setup and this lineup then it'll be good for them to get first team minutes even if we don't end up winning the competition it'll be good for them to think right okay then we have a little bit of experience a taste of men's football as opposed to development football and then it might and then with some of them like Stephen Warren for instance I think that's how you pronounce his name so you know I've probably got that wrong, but you know, the next the next stage is to go out on loan for him. Um after this competition, if it feels so it could be a good springboard for the next stages of everybody's career. But to get back to the original point, Daniel, yeah. I mean it'd be so fitting if he lifts the Sky Bet League One trophy at the end of the season. And I know in itself that sounds quite tin pot, but yeah, this is where we are.
0: No, that's true. It would be uh it would be lovely to see. Let's hope it happens. Uh, Manchester United then tomorrow they're under-21s at the Stadium of Light and the Papa John's Trophy. I think a win will see Sunderland through the group stages, so there's a bit on the fixture. And there's um, there's some interest as well, because I don't know if you're aware of this, Dave, but um, former Sunderland man Paul McShane is now um, a player coach because you're allowed one um, sort of overage player when you're playing under-23s football. So he might return to the Stadium of Light, uh, which is a, a funny one, isn't it?
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, well, I can't believe he's still clear. Well, yeah, caution, <laughs> I know, but still, I mean...
1: He's he, refraining, he, is he? <laughs> uh,
2: he he? Just, he must have been around for years. And and pretty much the closest look alike to Shaggy out Scooby-Doo you're ever likely to see, by the way. <laughs>
0: um, what
2: an but, Yeah, I also believe it'll probably see the return of Joe Hugel as well, will it?
0: Yeah, it will. Well, most likely.
2: Um, yeah, and we, we all know we all know that narrative. We all know what happened. Let's be honest. I've, I've seen the kid play a couple of times to be fair. I've watched I've watched uh, the under 21s United and he's a good footballer. You know, he, he probably it, it's a yeah, it's it's a past era. It's kinda, you know, I think we've let him go too cheap. I think he will. I think he's been in and around Solskjaer's plans kind of pre-season. Um, and closed season for the last 18 months, really. Um, so that shows you what they think of them. Um, so, yeah, it'll be interesting. Two, two ends of the spectrum, Paul McShane and Joe Hugo. One uh, in the twilight years, to say the very least, and, and one just starting out, I guess.
0: Yeah, 35-year-old Paul McShane has... Uh... Didn't didn't think that was to the Manchester like Oh, brilliant! <laughs> Michael, you going to the game tomorrow? And, and what are you expecting from it?
1: Uh, I'm at work for the game. I'm a part time fan competition. I'm pretty much non-existent for it, actually, to be honest. But um, <laughs> I think I think for this game, I think if I'm right, we draw and win on penalties. I believe we're through because this is Man United's third game in this group stage. I think, and then yeah, right. we can have played three games. And the only game team we have left to play is Bradford, who can't catch. Who, if we get any result tomorrow, can't catch us. So, um, it is, uh, yeah, I'd I'd say we'd probably win maybe 3 1, something along those lines. I think that Sunderland, I think, will have confidence on the fact that we had a fairly young side away at Lincoln. And I would imagine that Lincoln's first team is going to be a bit tougher in physicality than what Man United's under 21s is going to be, even though Man United under 21s will have some good players like Joe Hugel, as you just mentioned. But I I would fan, I hope you would fancy us in this competition. And as you said, if we win, either win on penalties or win on normal time then we're pretty much through, aren't we? So, yeah, 3-1 Sunderland.
0: Yeah, definitely. It was uh, it was interesting as well. The under-23s game um, on Sunday saw the return of Jamalji, who is pretty much the forgotten man at Sunderland. He signed from a Swiss side. He then got injured on international duty playing for Kosovo. I, I don't think he played more than one game for Sunderland, you know, It might, might have been two or three. I, I can't quite remember. But he's coming back. And I suppose, Dave, it's like the old cliché. It could be like a new signing, central defender.
2: Yeah, definitely. I, th- I think he was. I think he was signed as kind of that ball carrying centre half, wasn't he? Kind of someone who can play a little bit. Um, kind of the the broadening of the uh, the start of the broadening of the the whole scouting network. So yeah, I mean, deserves a deserves a chance to a degree, doesn't he? It's uh, having an injury for so long when you've just moved to a new country and kind of just setting out on a. On a career, it, it must have been hard for him. So yeah, and uh, I think he's almost amongst fans become a little bit of a cult hero without actually playing football, which is uh, which is quite nice to see. It shows you shows you what Sunderland fans are all about, really taking taking people like that. Who knows? He might be the next uh, Nugsy Nosworthy.
0: Do you know what? I think he has potential to sort of be in that ilk in terms of a cult hero. You know, not Nosworthy's as. His own man and all of that sort of stuff. It was his birthday the other day, actually. But um, yeah, it, uh, Jamalji picked the ball up against Leeds. He only played forty-five minutes. I was I was covering the game for the Sunday. That Go. you can catch the match report on there and the player ratings if you like. But he picked he picked the ball up at one point, ran the whole length of the pitch, got a nose <laughs> lead, and I think he gave it to Kachosa or he might have got he got tackled. But it was a, it was a nice moment. It was sort of like the first time he'd really stretched his legs, and it was it was actually quite nice to see because. When an injured player comes back, there's always a bit of sort of worry, isn't it, that he's going to go down. But he he seemed to really he seemed to grow into the game in the 45 minutes. He had a, a loop and header over the bar as well. So he looked a big lad for a 23-year-old. So yeah, I'm looking forward to him coming back. Michael, what do you what do you make of his return?
1: I think but this way, I think Lee Johnson's gonna love him. If he's a ball playing centre half and we love to try and get the ball out from the back, which is what we tend to try and do anyway, then I think he's gonna suit it to a T. Um obviously you can't get more unlucky with that. I think the injury was something along the lines of eight, nine months or whatever it was. And obviously it's pretty much been a year since it's happened. Um, and he's only just starting to come back now. So, yeah, I mean, he's someone that I'm quite keen to see. Um, he, we, we signed him when we signed him. I think there was quite a lot, quite a bit of hype around him, actually. Mm. So it'd be interesting to see whether he can match up to that. I always wonder now, because we've got Alves, we've got Doyle, Flanagan, Bailey Wright and Jamali coming back, I wonder if that means Bailey Wright might be off in January. But obviously that's down the line. We don't know until what's happening with that. But I will be. But I mean, obviously the more players we have for each position, the better. There might be some games where we might switch to a back three, depending on what game we're playing and who we're playing and adapting our tactics. So if we do that, then the more centre-backs we have, the better. Especially with the, the amount of fixtures we're going to have. Yeah, every few days for the foreseeable future, it's more than welcome.
0: I think it's interesting as well because Tom Flanagan's tended to be that left-sided centre back from memory over the over the course of the season. Mm. And jamalji played as a left-sided centre back against Leeds. I don't, I can't quite remember if that's his preferred side or whether he's left-footed or right-footed, but I couldn't tell. So that it's good to have that sort of option and cover coming back. Uh, Some do travel. Um, a long way to Kent to face Gillingham on Saturday, Steve yes. Evans on the side. Um, you know, we've, by that time, we will have played the Papa John's Trophy twice, but no league game. As you say, Michael, Sutherland have bounced back, but it's, you know, it, it'll have been two weeks between league games. Do you think that's significant?
1: Good, Bill. Well, it depends on how the players could make it significant or they could make it, like, brush it off and they "No, we're good enough. We're, we're good Because... <clears throat> in terms of obviously the on paper, you don't win games on paper, but on paper, anything less than a southern win we'd be very disappointed with, Depending obviously depending on how the game goes with any unique circumstances around it. But Saturday is, I'm always someone, whenever we don't win a game, I want a game straight away, league game straight away to put it right. Yeah. Um, but obviously, so we have had two weeks, but so obviously in some senses, it was good to have the Lincoln game because it gave you a chance to sort of try and put the league, the possible game behind you. Um Obviously, Sunderland have slipped to fourth in the table. I think it is, but obviously we're like one point off second. And obviously, we've had the dreaded three famous words games in hand. But you know, let's <laughs> try not, not to dwell on those. Um, it, like you said, Gillingham's going to be a battle. It, it always is. As, as I said before, Steve Evans gets it gets his side up for playing Sunderland the same way like most managers do in this league. Um, but at the end of the day, apparently, I think there's discontent there with the ownership. There's discontent with how things are going behind the scenes. So. It, if if we're going to beat Gillingham, now probably is the time to do it, um, and I, anyway we'll better win because I'm going to Gillingham, so um, if, oh, I'll, be, I'll, be, I'll not be impressed if we travel all that way just to see us draw one-one or uh, drop points in any fashion. I've tried to persuade Dave to come and meet me, but I haven't had any response from him yet, just to throw him under the bus.
0: <laughs> yeah, um, what, what are you travelling? Da- are you staying overnight, Michael, or are you? Uh, no, I'm
1: travelling there and back on the same day.
0: Oh, that's uh, that's gnarly. I'm I'm going down on the Friday coming back on the Saturday I, I mean,
1: you've probably got the most sensible decision, to be fair.
0: Yeah, yeah, this is true. This is true. Dave, how are you seeing the game against jillingham
1: Yeah, I
2: think he'll have us up for it. I think you hope in games like that, I mean, I almost, going back to what you both said earlier about away games and kind of tighter pitches, it's probably almost worth, and hopefully Johnson's not too stubborn in his approach, but I think it's almost worth forfeiting for the first half the first hour maybe forfeiting like the number 10 role mm. and going four five one without the ball and at and three, 4-3-3 three with it um, just get that extra man in there try and win the midfield battle earn the right to play and then then kick on from there um so yeah i mean that probably be but if you've got an Evans in there if you've got an 0-9 in there there's two of them doing some ratting, and then you could probably have your your third man in midfield a little bit more luxurious, but it just make the pitch a little bit tighter for us as well and stop them playing through us a little bit. Um, so yeah, that's maybe something to, to bear in mind, but yeah, you, you'd hope in games like that, if, if you, if you see through the first 20 minutes, first half and kind of earn the right to play, uh, you would like to think we have a little bit extra quality that should see us over the line. Um, and I went to Jillian a couple of years. But it was when we won. I think it was four-one. We went behind yeah,
1: about the first. Yeah, was, uh, yeah. yeah that, that
2: first. So uh, let's hope. I don't know what the forecast doing in Kent on Saturday, but you really, really, really do not want it to rain because that. Because uh, you've heard has oh, yeah, got no roof, has it? Oh no! Wait, wait. it's it's like a, it's a oh it's a semi permanent uh, fixture, isn't it? You've heard the story about how it came about. So basically, they had no they had no stand down at that that end of the ground. So they borrowed it from a from a um, from a golf tournament, and they they have not replaced it or not give it back. So uh, yeah, you do not need rain at all. No
0: Does mad. that
1: does that just sum up the fact we're in League One?
0: Yeah, it's very <laughs> clear, <laughs> stories I'm like very that. But um, uh, it'll be interesting, as you said, Dave. Uh, whether Luke O'Neill actually makes the team because of his his shoulder injury I guess Lee Johnson will probably get asked about that when he has his pre-match press conference which I don't know actually when that will be I should know really given it's my job but um, yeah (laughs) thank you for joining me um, gentlemen Michael if um, I might see you down there but uh, if it's raining, I shall wave at you from the. Comfort I was going to, to say, yeah, <laughs> see me in
1: the, uh, in the pouring down rain in the away <laughs> end. I was like, why? And we're, i like two nil down in ten minutes. Why did I agree to come down? Here? <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah, it's, um, it's it's set up for disappointment, isn't it? But yeah, cheers for uh, for joining me, lads. Always a pleasure. And um, to the listening, you can subscribe to the, Sutherland Echo for all of the content on Manchester United's under-21s, the under-23s against Leeds, and all of that good stuff, plus all of the build-up to the game against Gillingham. I've been James Copley, and thank you for listening to The run.